I thought it would have been very interesting to create a community around the younger readers of FT or prospects of readers, so people that might become a reader, make them see the Financial Times as a platform where to network, where to meet their future employers, basically being a bridge between academia and the real world out there. This is The Talent Show, a new podcast series from FT Talent, a hub of innovation for the Financial Times. It's hosted by under-30s for the under-30s around the world. This second series is about all the aspects the FT organization is covering today, from editorial to development, from data to talent. I am Virginia Stagni, and this is a guide we designed to inspire you to be the one driving innovation and change. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, listeners. I am Hayal Shihabi in the business development team at the FT, also in the FT talent team since 2018. Today, we're going to be interviewing the host herself, Virginia Stani, the head of business development at the FT, director of FT talent. We're very excited to hear from you and hear your story and your journey of the FT, creating FT talent and creating all these opportunities and networking. Warm welcome to you today. Thank you so much. And it's been great to work with you and, of course, the team. But you have been a part of the first cohort of the challengers when FC Talent was just an experiment, an interesting way to engage with under 30s. I was 24. And so it's been quite interesting, a very interesting journey. And I love sharing it with you. So how did the idea come about? How did FT Talent start? So I was working as a coordinator for one of the spin-offs of uh, the FT in um, executive education, uh, now Headspring. I used this experience as a coordinator to try to look at uh, the sweet spots in the internal market. So things that the FT could have done better if they had a bit of a lateral thinking or looking at things from a different perspective. So the whole point was we are offering for free our journalism to students from all over the world in any corner of the planet, but we are not really engaging on a human perspective or on a human level. I thought it would have been very interesting to create a community around the younger readers of FT or prospects of readers, so people that might become a reader make them see the Financial Times as a platform where to network, where to meet their future employers, basically being a bridge between academia and the real world out there. So this whole idea of FT Talent came about, about basically in 2018, as you said, I pitched it in 2017 to the chief commercial officer and then to the CEO. They liked the idea. I asked a bit of funding to cover the costs of running a three days event at the Financial Times. It was over a weekend. We had 50 students. And then we started. The idea was um, let's inspire them with what we believe is the future of journalism, but also let's make these students work with us on the future of journalism. So an hackathon experience with uh, different generations coming together with the focus of we want to build a sustainable future for quality journalism. Out of these different interactions, we got, as Financial Times, some new ideas, but also we met some amazing new talent that were basically a new talent pool for us, but also some interesting readers and ambassadors for our brand. Is basically something that should be at the core of any organization that wants to connect with the next generation. Just let's not talk about them. 
let's make them talk with us about them. And I think this uh, collaboration between different generations is really important today. It's when we started and then we turn it into a commercial project. Uh, we offer it to, to other companies and uh, it's part now of a business development portfolio. That's really amazing. But also to have an idea and influence stakeholders to actually create something. How did you go about that and how did you have the skills already to do that? I am a very proactive entrepreneurial mind, uh, meaning that um, I have a go and get it approach. If you don't ask, you don't get. And that's how I came about with that. Like I, I literally sent just an email to uh, a few stakeholders inside of the organization saying, I got this idea. I prepared myself with some data. There was nothing similar on the market. So nobody else in the media ecosystem was doing it. So competitive advantage, external. And then uh, you demonstrate a business case. And that's really important. So that's what I tried to do. And uh, it worked well for this project. It didn't work very well on other projects that I tried to, to build. So it's not always successful. This was a, also a very fortunate case because in that moment, we had an early acquisition of Nikkei Group, so the Japanese owners of the Financial Times today. There was a lot of um, good energy of doing new things. How do you stay on top of everything at once? Do you prioritize? Do you do many things in different ways? How do you manage to stay on top? Um, I have definitely a to-do list. I try to prioritize depending on uh, deadlines and opportunities. I think the more you, you establish a deal with yourself and a contract with yourself on things that you want to achieve, I kind of do this every year. So I evaluate my year as I would do with a business in December and I start January with a new plan on things I want to do and I'd, I'd love to improve and achieve. So what I'm trying to say is um, I try to see everything from uh, the perspective of learning. So I try to stay on top of things, selecting things that are really, really interest me. And I really want to have fun doing anything I do. It works very well to keep me calm and never feeling overwhelmed with work. And when you first walked through the doors of FT, what was your mindset then? And what would you have changed knowing everything you know now going back? When I entered at FT, I entered with the mindset of I want to learn as much as possible. Going to get coffees with anyone from journalists or from any department, really trying to build my knowledge, my cultural baggage around this organization as much as I could. This is how I invested my first year. Thanks to that, I was able then to deliver the idea of the FT talent because I noticed there was a sweet spot. But only because before I analyzed what was happening here and then um, things that I would have changed honestly I, I wouldn't change a thing um, how would you define one moment of a challenge that you faced that you overcame and how is that mentality that you had through that my approach is always looking back at things you do to improve this has been a lesson I learned from my dad that um, was a, a basketball coach and it's very very important that you look back at yourself when you do stuff and you know you did it wrong uh, it's very important that you re-listen to yourself and uh, you try to Look for the mistakes yourself and don't be ashamed by it the very first time I stayed in front of a camera uh, and I needed to basically just talk. <laughs> uh, I 
I never had anyone teaching me how to do it. And I just saw people on TV doing it and, and so on. I was literally thrown in a studio. I was like, okay, now talk about FT talent, talk about FT. It's like, okay, I noticed I did that and that and that here. I should improve. Next time, I should smile more. The whole problem of a recording was me very stressed and everyone could tell. Like, you need to sometimes, you, 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 we always underestimate what your body can do to your mind to calm you down. So that's how um, I I went about it. And it's like I still have a lot to learn and, and do. What are you most proud of up to this point that you've done in terms of your career? Thanks to FT Talent and the generally the new setup of business development, one of my main goals was, was to create new jobs. So uh, new places in the in the ecosystem for people from different background and diverse perspective to be able to come and work for the FT and at FT, building new jobs opportunity. So how do you envision your career the next couple of years? What's, what's your goal at this moment? So um, my vision or what I'm trying to do is uh, just being a bit more sympathetic with uh, um, my experience um, here, but also outside. I I really want to keep, for example, this um, vision on the business development side of really innovating with new ideas, building great partnerships with great brands that um, can um, a bit change our brand perception uh, of FT, but um, and keep meeting amazing people as I did in the past few years, thanks to FT Talent. I think a lot of people would be interested in to know how do you spend your days? What's your day-to-day -day like at the office? Uh, with uh, all the team, uh, with you and, and everyone else, where we, we really work horizontally together. I just, uh, I think, you know, I have priorities, of, of course, uh, uh, of things that need to be done. We are on the commercial side, so let's not forget it. We need to close some deals, meaning that um, there are a lot of negotiations that need to happen, contract side, etc. I need to take care of that. Uh, there is a lot of uh, mailing uh, and uh, chats. I love that we are back to the office because I, I really like working with people. I need the human connection. And then it's um, the rest of the day, again, it's a lot of external meetings as well and a lot of reading. I try to learn as much as I can and now on a few tech sides, innovations, and that's uh, basically what I do. I try to, and then there is the yoga sport side that I said. I think you've described a role that a lot of uh, students want to go into. So what advice do you have to students looking to go into the business development side of media? My uh, main uh, suggestion is uh, once you have a plan, you need to be very good at communicating it in a very, very simple way. This is a um, skill that you learn only if you're a very good listener and communicator. I just try to be as efficient as possible with my communication. So that's my main suggestion. And also diversify your investment as you do with your money you need to do it with your career you need to do it with your journey in any company try different things experiment with different projects i think this is fundamental and we always think like you know you start a career where i need to over specialize already in xyz to me that's not at least my approach i'm not saying that someone should follow that was my experience 
I tried hosting, I tried building events, uh, commercial side, sales, data analysis. I tried everything with, of course, the help of my colleagues. Being very honest when I entered in the organization, I said, I really like to learn about what you're trying to do. Can we have a chat? Can you mentor me on this? And then uh, it's a lot of homework, huh? <laughs> because uh, that's, uh, that's how I see it. But I, I am, I'm, a, I'm a very curious person. And again, I go back to what I said at the beginning. I think about this as a very human personal journey. I just want to experience as much as I can and have fun. That's great. So uh, just speaking a little more about talent, what role do you think the younger generation can play in organizations within the media industry? Um, it's, it's key that we do not see media groups, especially uh, different parts of the, of the media and traditional media like ours, a bit like an ivory tower where younger generations cannot access to. But... Uh, should just expect a top-down approach. I think to keep our product and keep the Financial Times innovative, and especially from a branding perspective, keep it relevant, it's fundamental that we do have, we do incorporate, we do include the younger generations in our tone of voice, in our newsrooms, in our commercial teams, as well as in the different decision-making processes that we make as um, a media enterprise. This is what we have seen as been one of the key advantages of working on something like FT Talent. When we're talking about diversity, I believe is a generational diversity because that needs to collaborate with different generations uh, within the group, but needs to have uh, a seat at the table because it's necessary to keep the product innovative at the pace of times. You've mentioned that diverse talent is important. So why exactly do you think it's important to have diverse talent in organizations? And what exactly does diverse talent bring? When I think about diversity, I like to think about um, not just um, the demographics, not just gender, not just uh, the backgrounds, the social backgrounds, but of course are key part of the definition of diversity. But when I look at this from a bit of a more entrepreneurial mindset, as an entrepreneur, as someone that is part of an organization that has as first asset people as ever, every organization out there, diversity is to me a diversity of talent and knowledge. Because of this digitalization and um, all these new uh, complex infosphere that uh, we we experience and we we have been seeing in the last decades we do have a need for new talent to come into a media group so you need data analysts you need data scientists then you need also people that do have a bit of more portfolio in finance background meaning they need to think about additional revenue streams and how we bring them to the FT as a media group, not as a newsroom. You need people able to cover the different departments that now have been raising in a complicated media group that does need to manage data about users. So there is a lot around marketing to do data analysis, GDPR, the legal side. 
Of course, as a, every big organization, you have uh, silos. The way to bring interdepartmental collaboration in with the different people from the most diverse backgrounds, especially from a knowledge background, it's the common goal of making a quality product at the end of the day. And with leading FT Talent since 2018, how as a leader have you brought people together towards a common goal? For me, or at least the people that, you know, I've been uh, sustaining and a fan of this project in the organization, it was all about making it very clear that uh, DNI or diversity of backgrounds is not an option, but is a need to survive. And uh, in terms of bringing other people in is uh, a lot of internal communication, but also I think it's making people taste and see the value of what we are building for the organization, for the FT group, for the FT brand. And uh, FT Talent, I think, is just a small example of how good it can be to have uh, different departments working together towards a common goal, attracting younger talent from different backgrounds to join the FT as a place to be. And then, we, of course, we have been diversifying it as a commercial product as well, offering it to banks, universities, uh, other big companies out there that do have the same need. And I think we have a great pool and reach of younger people out there that is uh, reading us, but is not using us. I think this is a big passage that uh, um, we are trying to build with FT Talent and generally our side of business development, engaging the under 30s. We need to turn the FT as a platform, as a network, as a something that you use to develop your career and not just your brain. I would love uh, the, um, to have the Financial Times brand associated with, uh, of course, good quality journalism, as this needs to be the thing, but also there is beauty, I believe, in thinking about how can we use our amazing network to make this inspiring, but above all accessible for diverse talent from all over the world that maybe did not have that opportunity to study at that great university or is in the process, but uh, can find in the FT a great place to shape their career or at least to be inspired by great, uh, you know, encounters, meetings and speakers. And uh, I, I think this podcast is what we're trying to do as well, is really trying to uh, give uh, little tips to uh, younger people out there about the great opportunities that uh, you have in this uh, amazing, complicated world. But sometimes the paths are not so clear. So I believe it's quite important what we are saying here in terms of building a news organization that is also a useful platform for networking and the career opportunities, at least to have accessibility to know about those opportunities that moves our news organization into a, a social entity. I think we can be a door opener for younger, qualified talent, amazing brains out there to use us to see that ladder and at least to start that next step. I agree. I think from my experience too, I see that the top reviews we get from our participants is that they have access to connect with bright minds from all over the world. Um, so I, I really see that point and I know a lot of people agree with that too. Oh, hopefully we are making something useful. We'll, we're going to see the results in a few years. I think this kind of project is not a short-term solution. It doesn't give you results in the short term. 
we give results in the longer run. I love Vitruvio, that was, was an architect in the Roman ages. And in this book, De Architectura, he wrote that Romans and people, architects in general, should build things not to fix a problem in the short run, but to stay for your future ones. And I think we had this um, way of seeing our job and uh, our work. We would definitely build more sustainable businesses and not the short-term solutions that just fix a number on a balance sheet. But we'll make social entities that stay, that have an identity. That's the main, the main thing. So they turn themselves in a cultural product. So they have a meaning. And if we only... Um, entitle, let's say, ourselves with that entrepreneurial mindset, we will have a very different approach when uh, we find solutions to uh, small problems. Well, I'm very excited to see the future of FT Talent. We have a very special section about our podcast, and that's where we invite our under 30 audience to ask their questions directly to our guest speaker. So now we're going to host um, Savannah and Jakub to ask Virginia their own questions. And the first question we have is from Savannah. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. My name is Savannah Standa. I was a 2021 FT Expoconi Talent Challenger and a previous FT Talent Intern. My question for you today, Virginia, is can you tell me more about your role as a leader, your leadership style, and any advice you'd like to give to any other leaders? Thank you, Savannah. It's lovely to see you again. And uh, so, uh, considering myself a leader, it's, it's a bit too far, <laughs> but uh, let's put it in this way. I think empathy, it's, it's a great skill. Uh, we kind of talk about it quite a lot in terms of like uh, try to think um, or walk in someone else's shoes. And uh, most of the time it's, uh, it's a lot the talk, but not the walk. I think um, I'm always really trying to see the perspective of uh, um, my colleagues and uh, connect on a human level. And I think it's uh, really important to um, not have your personal vision and mission as like what you want to achieve achieve as a professional or as a leader and the leader is so if he has or she has a solid team not behind but with him or her I think we always think about this you know being like who is behind you who is helping you or pushing you no no I think it's a journey that you want other people to turn into a leader as well and I think having a a vision of uh, a vision it was like just you know a way of working where you you really try to disseminate the leadership tasks or anything that uh, turns your colleague and empowers your colleague as much as possible is is uh, doable only if you connect on a human level if you understand what uh, are the other person dreams and if you never had that talk because you think it's too much about you know philosophy or it's like uh, you know for is a drink chat over wine i think it's wrong i think it's a business chat it's like what would you like to achieve this year what would you like to do and as a leader being very open is like i want to be an enabler and try to help you and connect with people that can help you achieve that or i i'll do my best it's about that transparency point, being honest with what you want to do and the proactive, but also really honest and like share that and um, make the other people an enabler for you. If they are good leaders, they will be. So that's uh, that's kind of like my suggestion of what I would say. Super. Thanks so much for that wonderful answer. 
Thank you. And our next question from Yakub to Virginia. Hello. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Yakub Hanif. I was part of the 2021 FTX Bukkani Challenge, uh, and I'm half Spanish, half Italian. Uh, my question for you is, how do you see generative AI changing the role of the journalist now and in the next few years? All oh, right. That's a very interesting question because it's something that uh, um, we get asked uh, quite a lot. I think business development is uh, there to see trends, especially in uh, in the team has there is a setup now. Um, I believe that AI is um, a great tool. It shouldn't be how we build our journalism, but it's something to improve our service to our trusting audience. What is uh, the concept behind, I think, good quality journalism that is sustainable and can survive is that you build a trust relationship with your paying subscribers or non-paying, but, you know, loyal readers, younger readers, for example. AI is an amazing tool as technology per se to improve, to check, and especially we were using, I'll give you this example, AI to check how we were picturing our paper, what were the selection of uh, pictures on the paper to make sure that there was a gender balance and a diversity balance instead of relying only on the human eye that has um, his nuances and also problems, habits and bad habits as well. There was an AI tool that was checking with, uh, you know, a very mathematical answer. Are you equal in the representation and inclusive? enough women, 50-50 with women and men and uh, with uh, diverse uh, uh, representations or not, it's a tool. Then the decision should always be back to the editorial side and editorial acumen because that's what people are paying for at the end of the day, right? Otherwise, you would read uh, an aggregator or a technology that just puts together for you the information. I think it's really important that the human side and the human analysis is not forgotten. Using, of course, data and anything that can come from uh, AI tools and technology. I would never say that I would actually like to read analysis done by a machine. I would say that maybe I would like to read a very quick briefing I wouldn't have any problem with breaking news coming from uh, a checked machine. But if I need to make assumptions and take considerations out of uh, a piece of information, I'd like that to, to come from a human also because I don't think the machine brain is there yet. But we should not forget that loyal and trust relationship that we build with the audience because otherwise we lose ourselves and what the what journalism is all about. Thank you. Thank you, challengers. And also, of course, thank you, Virginia. It's been incredible to hear everything from you today, all your lessons and your journey and your words of wisdom. So thank you so much. Um, to our listeners, stay tuned with us for more episodes. Um, they come out every Monday, so stay tuned. Thank you.
This has been the Talent Show, which is produced by the FT Talent Team, Aya Al-Shihabi, and me, Virginia Stani. Our podcast producer, editor, and sound engineer is Arturo Ochoa, and our social media producer is Letizia Clementi. Our music is by Dennis Kishuk. Check out all of the Talent Show episodes at fttalent.ft.com, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and follow FT Talent on socials for updates. Until next time, and keep listening. Thank you.